0: Hi, and welcome to the brisk podcast series, Embrace, a podcast for survivors by survivors about sex and intimacy. This podcast is a six-part series, and you are listening to episode six, which is titled Arousal, Anatomy and Orgasm. Each podcast has a main conversational component and an accompanying practice, where we take 10 to 15 minutes to learn a somatic practice that enables us to embody the concepts covered in our discussions. These processes were designed to be practised alone, but they can be explored with a partner or in a group. Each topic is broken into two separate episodes so that you can revisit the practice as often as desired. As always, we would like to centre each episode by acknowledging country. Brisk is situated on the Yagaran Tourable country in Mianjin or Brisbane. Brisk pays respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders past, present and emerging. Sovereignty over this land was never ceded, and we acknowledge the role that sexual violence played in the invasion and colonisation of this land. We acknowledge the role that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander leaders play in ending gendered and sexual violence. We recognise the role that Indigenous ways of being, knowing and doing centre both healing and justice. We hope that you enjoy this series.
1: So hi everyone, Um, it's Susan here and I'm here today with Day and recording our last um, podcast for the series. Hi Day. Hi, hello. Thank you for joining us. We've got a really great topic
2: We do, I'm really excited to share it with everyone.
1: Uh Uh-huh, yeah. So so today we're talking about um, arousal anatomy and uh, pleasure and this is a fantastic topic topic really juicy and um, empowering topic and we in the embrace group this was the last topic we got to so we kind of worked our way towards this space um, gently and slowly over time but also felt like this is a really important piece in terms of sex and intimacy and relationship with pleasure in our bodies so we really wanted to offer you a conversation and some sharing and reflection about this today so yeah, so great that day is willing to step into this
2: space. Yeah, no worries. It's just something that's really huge for a lot of us and can be quite scary, but it can also be a really important part of your journey for healing is just knowing about your own body and your own pleasure. Yeah, fantastic.
1: So where's a good place to begin? How, did, how, how was it for you? Let's reflect on when we started having this conversation in Embrace, What was that like for you, talking about anatomy, pleasure?
2: I learned a lot about anatomy and pleasure in school. Mm -hmm. Well, about as much as everybody else learns, right? You know, it's all about safety from diseases and Mm -hmm. use protection and don't get ill and don't have babies. And I thought that was it when I first learned that in school. Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of along the way, I began to pick up knowledge here and there about things that they didn't really teach us in school about, you know, how to have fun, I guess, or how to, Mm -hmm. how to, you know, do sex good. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So no pleasure (laughs) agenda. It was all about risk management. Don't get pregnant. Don't get an STI. That's right.
2: And then I started to learn that sex can feel good. And I started to learn about the parts of the body that can feel good in sex. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: But along that way, I really learned that a lot of the media I was consuming was about male pleasure. And it was about how to perform well for him and kind of how to have fun while you're doing that rather than fun for yourself. Uh Uh-huh. And I started having a lot of people ask me questions about sex because they'd never learned any of that. And it was all these questions of, well, oh, how do I do this? Or where do I go for this? And I'm like, oh, I know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. Just kind of knew all of these things. It was a bit like secret knowledge. Mm. I was a bit, of a bit of a wise prophet almost mm-hmm. of sex knowledge. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that was really empowering for me. Um, I think I learned a lot of those things because coming from a background of sexual violence, knowing what was going on, knowing the parts of my body that were affected was a really important way for me to try and understand what was going on, Mm -hmm. to try and understand the pains and the feelings that I was having and kind of it was a bit of a protection for me.
1: Okay, so to get more information about your body and learn about your own pleasure –
2: was a, a safety thing or a reclaiming thing? A safety thing, I uh-huh. think. If I know what's going on, then I'm not going to get hurt. Okay. But I didn't understand the psychological side of that pain and sexual violence. Uh-huh. So, kind of learning about it and trying to make it into pleasure was okay. a safety thing. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: information. Helped you regain choice and That's regain a right. sense of your own body yep. and your own pleasure for, your, for, for yourself.
2: That's right. Even once I uh, got out of the sexual violence, it was a really good foundational skill to have on building actual pleasure
3: mm.
2: and coming to embrace and talking about that with all of my knowledge that I had accumulated mm-hmm. was really kind of awesome. Yeah. I was able to come in and join this group of people who didn't know any of it and just show them, like, look at all of these different ways you could have fun. Mm, yeah.
1: And from memory they really loved it. It was such a freeing opportunity to have some really open, honest conversations about our anatomy and pleasure. Mm. I know for, I mean, it sounds like for you um, that, your first experiences of sex or sex education was from school and that you felt really quite empowered in that space to get information for yourself yes i know for a lot of people who participated in embrace this this was a pretty edgy discussion it was pretty it was it brought up a lot of stuff like it brought it up shame it brought up grief lots of layers of things because for some survivors their first education if you can call it that Mm. or or they have this idea that they've lost their virginity um to violence Mm. and abuse
2: yeah it was certainly i could see a lot of that in the room of people who'd come from places where they didn't want to learn about it because it was part of their violence yeah and i can't imagine how hard it was for them but also how good it was to have someone in the room to remind them that, hey, even if you've been through this, you can still have fun. Yeah. And everyone has their journey in a different way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's really important to acknowledge that space for survivors who do have a lot of grief around this too. Hey, because and I, I wonder if there's an invitation there also. I remember in Embrace, um, and with survivors, having some conversation around reframing this idea of losing our virginity. Because in my way of thinking, you know, when sex is taken in the context of violence, when sex is taken without consent, when someone is um, taking from someone else's body without their permission... That's not sex to me. That's that's violence. Yes, that's violence. Absolutely. So I I wonder if there's this space around reframing
2: losing our virginity. Yeah, survivors of sexual violence often feel that they have lost something pure to Mm. their violence, especially if they've had no experience of sex before the violence. Mm. It's this feeling that we've been spoiled. I know I certainly felt that way, Mm -hmm. like I didn't have anything of value left for future partners because I'd had something taken from me Mm. and when I ended up in a relationship that was really positive, I felt like a virgin all over again Uh and upon reflecting on that now after doing Embrace, it's that realisation that what had happened to me beforehand wasn't losing my virginity, it was violence Mm -hmm. and giving and sharing sexual intimacy in a healthy and positive way was losing my virginity for the first time because it was having fun, genuine Mm. fun for the first time.
1: Yeah, within consent. Yes. Yeah, it's a really different experience, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. So what was that like for you to reframe losing your virginity in that way?
2: It was hard because I knew that the physical act was still done. Uh Uh-huh. And I knew that I had some experience with sex because of the sexual violence, but it was different. Yeah. It was this, wow, this is like nothing ever I've ever felt. I feel empowered Mm. or scared, Mm. but it was still a positive bonding experience with my partner. Mm Mm-hmm. It was about understanding what everybody else was talking about when they said losing their virginity and being all excited like, oh, you know, I had my first time on the weekend and before having this positive experience, I didn't know why they were so happy about that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was like, oh, you poor thing. I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah. And right. then
2: after having my own genuine positive sex experience. I was like, yes, well done. You've had this you've had this amazing experience. Yeah. Two different worlds, two different things. Yeah, they are two different things. Yes. eh?
1: Because it sounds like you felt very safe and supported. And it was very consensual, respectful, as opposed to violence, which is none of those things. So yeah, beautiful. It's a real reframing of losing your virginity. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So in our conversations and really starting to get familiar with anatomy, and so not just anatomy in the bland sense that these are all the bits, but anatomy in the sense of these are the parts of us that create pleasure and this is how we might be able to touch them or get familiar with our body. What was that like, having an open space to begin to explore
2: and talk about that? In embrace? Yeah, Oh, it, was, it was great, honestly. Um, it was really freeing to share all of the different ways that we'd begun to find our own pleasure. Mm-hmm. Because I remember we did the arousal and anatomy parts of Embrace over two weeks. Mm-hmm. So we kind of did the intro stuff, learnt about all the parts and was offered to explore for a little bit and come back and kind of share our ventures
3: mm-hmm.
2: and i could see a difference in some other people there just between those two weeks of people coming in kind of glowing a little bit more mm-hmm. because they would started to discover pleasure for the first time
3: mm-hmm.
2: it was really good to share all the different ways that we experience pleasure some people like this some people like that
3: mm-hmm.
2: offering up ideas and some of us kind of getting lost in contemplation of you yeah, i think i might try that mm-hmm and knowing that we'd all come from a background of sexual violence we'd all come through various shames and fears to find this empowering experience was mm. really nice to have that shared knowledge
1: yeah and people did it at different at a different pace it was yeah. it wasn't about let's all just dive in and mm. it was about noticing what was useful And really trusting that, noticing what was useful in your own exploration and that that it wasn't a comparison thing, like you have to be at this point by this time. It was noticing um, what you're curious about, being
2: playful,
1: Mm. exploring, yeah, without a big agenda.
2: Yeah, some Mm -hmm. people were coming back and going, I was able to be naked and not scared for the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. And some people were going back and like, oh, I tried this and this and this and touching and prodding and toys and came back with all of this new new stuff that i've tried yeah and both of those are just as wonderful
1: yeah it sounds like day two like just having a bit of a lay of the land so to speak like Mm. a bit of a map of where all the parts are because often we don't get told
3: yeah
1: um where the parts are like what is a clitoris what is that where Where is that? Mm. Yeah. It's it's often a
2: joke among heterosexual uh couples of the man can't find the clitoris. Mm -hmm. But survivors of sexual violence might be too scared to find the clitoris. We don't know where it is because we've never been safe to look. Yeah. And embrace offered ways of doing that safely. Yeah. And in control and with full consent from our bodies to ourselves. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And maybe we talk a little bit about how we did that too, because I don't want people getting this, <laughs> like as I'm listening to you, I'm getting this idea that we're all sitting there naked. We absolutely didn't do that no, There was
2: no nudity. Yeah, <laughs> but we had a
1: lot of fun. Do you we remember did. how we explored the parts?
2: We, we did two different ways. Uh, we had anatomically correct-ish pillows (laughs) that we (laughs) could stick our fingers in and wiggle them around and feel for all the different textures and go oh there's this spot and that spot and Mm -hmm. there's the vulva and there's the clitoris and there's the the lumps on the back of the wall like all of that oh Mm -hmm. here's the cervix and we also had one we created with various fabrics a giant vulva in the middle of the room like it was a good eight meters long like this thing (laughs) was huge and we all grabbed different parts of it and started dancing them around and I think like I was one of the labia and we were Mm -hmm. dancing and somebody else was the other labias and it was just this really fun thing that helped us not be scared of the words and Uh not be scared of the parts yeah yeah that was great it was so much fun
1: there's a real um learning in that about being playful and That's just right. having fun in this space too. We can get very serious in this space mm. and, you know, a lot of stuff can come up in this space and it's not about dismissing the shame or the fear or, but it's also bringing some
2: curiosity and playfulness mm. into the space too. Sometimes and, it's needed to have a little bit of both, Yeah, to have that playfulness and the curiosity sitting alongside the shame and the fear and working through them yeah. as we go.
1: Yeah. I can remember um, at the group, a couple of people just saying how healing it was to just even have an open conversation where we could actually just talk about this without awkwardness or mm. without embarrassment that we could facilitate a space because it's really normal yeah and important conversation to have yet there's so much shame and taboo most people um survivors or not like it's it's not a space we step easily Mm. into so even just having the
2: conversation can be really healing that's right or even just the conversation with yourself like Mm -hmm. say vulva enough times it stops being funny and silly it Uh starts being curious playful and a part of me
1: yeah that's a great point around languaging Mm. and how different words can hold different charge yeah yeah. So how did, how have you worked with words, Day? Like that might have had a bit of, like when you say them, brought up different emotions.
2: I must say, I used to use a lot of the, the anatomical words, you know, vagina mm-hmm. instead of slang words. And since going to Embrace, you kind of taught us the word yoni. Mm -hmm. Because vagina is just the internal parts and we don't really have a word for all of our anatomy. Mm -hmm. And so yoni to me is this playful word of curiosity and having a word that embodies healing and curiosity for my parts Uh and for my play. Mm-hmm. and for my own sexual ventures is just really good. I don't have to sit there and go, this is my vagina now. It can be, this is my Yoni. Yeah. 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 So Yoni captures it for you. It for feels me. like a good fit. Yeah. And mm-hmm. sometimes we just need to find different words. Mm-hmm. If you can't say a word, that's okay. Yeah. There are lots of other words.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Also in what you just said, it when you were talking about Yoni, it sounds like... um Working in with that space and the languaging also helped you connect to pleasure. Yes, yeah, yes. and your own and you and your own pleasure
2: practice. Mm. Yeah, the word yoni is tied with all of the exploration and practice that we learnt and embrace mm-hmm. about having curiosity mm. and about being okay with discomfort to mm. find something really good.
1: Yeah it's such an important piece isn't it like this idea that we actually create a space for ourselves solo on our own with our own body to practice yes and explore such an important piece what's been valuable in that for you
2: having patience mm-hmm. yeah my self-pleasure used to be just goal-oriented when mm-hmm. I first started it was all about orgasm it was all about you know chasing those brain chemicals and being over and done with so that I could move on with my day, and it was really impersonal. Lots of use of toys so that I didn't really connect with my body. Mm-hmm. That's where I started. And now, you know, it's almost this, This, you don't just eat the meal, you cook it. Uh-huh. You spend the time kind of warming up and building a connection to the whole body, not just the small section of your body. Every part, chest, limbs, legs, it all is part of pleasure. Mm -hmm. And my self-pleasure now involves the whole body warming up, not just diving straight in, just starting gentle, starting lovingly and going, this is my time. Mm. This is my time where the rest of the world doesn't have to get in the way. I can just be here with my body and the feelings Mm. and I don't have to sit here and chase orgasm. I can enjoy whatever sensations come up, and if I start to feel bad, I can sit with that, mm. and I know I'm always in control because mm-hmm. it's just me.
1: Yeah. It's such an important healing space mm-hmm. too as well as a practice space to just be with yourself without any pressure yeah. or performance. That so sounds like that was a big piece. And giving yourself time mm-hmm. to just do this, be
2: with yourself, yeah, slowing down? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we all like—I mean, a lot of survivors want to do stuff with their partners, do stuff with other people, and honestly, having that self-pleasure can be really good for learning what really feels good for you, because mm-hmm. you have active feedback. Mm-hmm. If you try something you've read on the internet with yourself and it's not good, well, then you know not to try it with a partner. Whereas if you tried it with a partner from the start, things might have gone really wrong. Mm might have been writ overwhelming. Yeah. So practicing it with yourself is a good way to go. I really like this and I really don't like this. Mm-hmm. So now I know what I can ask my partners to do with me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So really understanding your own pleasure map, your yeah. own body, what feels good, what doesn't feel good is a really important place to start. Yes. Before we engage with other people. Mm. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So it can be a practice space to try new things out and understand our own body and our mm-hmm. own pleasure and get really familiar and comfortable, yeah, and it can be a play space where we just we create a space to feel pleasure for, ourself, for yeah. ourselves just for the sake of having that.
2: Yeah, and just trying things out. Yeah. Being a bit creative with it. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't just have to be the same thing every time.
1: Yeah, yeah, fantastic. So the value of just being curious two day really important gift to ourselves i guess um for lots of people even the whole idea of masturbation or self-pleasure whatever words self-loving whatever words people choose to use even the way we're conditioned or often brought up there's a lot of shame about that space regardless. There is.
2: Yeah. And I still struggle with a lot of that myself. Uh-huh. Yeah, sometimes I feel, like, oh, I don't really want a self-pleasure. What if my partner feels like she's not good enough? Uh-huh. Why should I need to do this? Why can't my partner just give me everything? Uh-huh. And yeah. that's really hard. I'm still working through that. It's something yeah. that I've been working through for a long time and I think I'll still be working through it for a long time. Is yeah going through that shame of it's okay to just feel good for the sake of feeling good, and it's okay that masturbation and self-pleasure can be a different pleasure from pleasure with someone else, Mm. two different things. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So how do you support yourself when you feel shame come up or some of that conditioning and emotion that comes up that you know, we're told we shouldn't do it or this is shameful or you're dirty or some of that stuff that we really take on, whether it's mm. a belief or we really embody it, how do you support yourself when
2: that shows up? Sometimes I'll just try and start the kind of self-pleasure process without a goal. So I might just take my clothes off and lie in bed and sit with that feeling mm-hmm. and just kind of being in that space of being ready for Mm self-pleasure can help me work through that shame of once the shame kind of dies down, I'm just here lying in bed like there's nothing shameful Mm. about that. Mm -hmm. And then I start noticing my body Mm -hmm. and noticing the feelings of my body that does want pleasure. Mm. And sometimes it just takes that time of being patient and sitting with the feeling Mm -hmm. and listening to the body that want something so really slowing it down Mm. slowing it down not going from zero to
1: 100 not like there's the finish line let's just go slowing it down noticing whatever emotions or stuff comes up in the space and rather than just totally disconnecting to just pause and stay in that moment i mean we talked about some of this stuff around when we talked about resilient edge, yeah, too. So it's that place of noticing and and pausing and just staying with that. Mm. And then it sounds like for you at least and typically, um, that can shift
2: and change and move. Yeah. And if mm-hmm. I end up not feeling like it, and the shame maybe gets too much, or once the shame is past, I'm mm-hmm. no longer in that zone. Just get dressed and do something else. Yeah. Like I've sat with it and I've gone. It's okay. Yeah. So, what next? Yeah. And sometimes the next step is self pleasure, and sometimes it's making breakfast. <laughs> yep. It's all about choice. Hey, that's right. Really
1: important piece,
2: particularly for survivors. Yeah. That we give ourselves choice mm-hmm. in this space. Yeah. Just yeah. because our bodies have feelings and our minds have desires doesn't mean we have to follow through with them the moment we have them. Yeah. Sometimes we need to check in with ourselves. Yeah. And go, am I in the right space for this?
3: Mm hmm.
1: It's really interesting. I often hear people say things like, um, I don't feel anything. All I can feel is numbness. All mm. I can feel, or I feel boredom, or I feel distracted, or I feel frustrated. It's really interesting when we're um, exploring a self pleasure practice, but all this other stuff shows up. Mm. And I think that's a really common experience that people feel numbness or feel.
2: Irritation or, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. When I first started self pleasure, I couldn't feel anything. Uh huh. To the point where I would injure myself without knowing. Mm. Many a times, injuries, and I would just like, I would feel them afterwards. But mm-hmm. in that space of attempting self pleasure, there would be no sensation mm. inside or outside. Mm-hmm. It took a long time to get that pleasure sensation back Mm. and i just had to be gentle Mm -hmm. i started out with trying to make the sensations as intense as possible Mm. to try and feel something yep and that didn't work because that just gave my body more reason to not feel it Mm. if you can't feel it and you're trying to hurt yourself to feel it the the numbness will increase Mm -hmm. and i really had to sit down and go slowly and use the lightest of touch Mm. almost like not touching at all Mm. to start to build that
1: and it sounds like day also being able to notice actually what i'm feeling is numbness yeah and that's a real thing and Mm. how about i just sit and feel the numbness Mm. rather than let's try and get rid of the numbness because i'm going to create more sensation it sounds like when you did that
2: that wasn't very useful yeah and sometimes it can be finding the edge of the numbness like find Uh where the sensation starts and focus on pleasure there or sensation there and try and like like you've got this big Play-Doh ball, try and squish that ball smaller and smaller just with gentle touch, mm. building up those nerves from the edge in.
1: Yeah, I love that, finding the edges of the numbness. Be yeah. curious about the numbness. See if you can get a sense of where it
2: begins,
1: where mm. it ends,
2: really engage with it yeah i love it and maybe the numbness goes all the way down to your toes and Uh you have to start with your toes and work your way all the way up the leg and that's okay
1: yeah yeah well you know we have a whole body that's pleasurable Mm -hmm. and orgasmic and we think that only our genitals are orgasmic only only our genitals can create that kind of sensation Mm -hmm. but really important to remember We've got a whole body here that we mm-hmm. can explore
2: and find pleasure. That's right. In often surprising places. All of our nerves are capable of orgasm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Just we have a lot of clustered nerves in certain parts of the body that feel better easily in a lot of people. Mm. But not for everyone. Mm. Sometimes that intense sensation can be too much. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have numbness and we can find pleasure elsewhere. Mm it's interesting
1: how we hold the idea of orgasm Mm. and i notice we kind of hold it and i'm speaking very generally here it's like this really peaky kind of climaxy experience that's orgasm Mm. we get really agendered around it fixated on it and just want it like that's that's the finish line. We just go mm. for it. to sprint to the finish line. Yeah. And I wonder what happens when we actually broaden out our um, understanding or how we hold the whole idea of orgasm, that it's mm. actually this full spectrum of pleasure from incredibly subtle sensation through to intensity Yeah, and how that changes our experience of orgasm when we
2: hold it with a different mindset. If you're racing to orgasm, you're probably going to miss a lot of important things along the way. Mm-hmm. And you're probably going to miss the fact that there's many different types of orgasm. And I don't just mean clitoral orgasm versus G-spot orgasm. Mm-hmm. I just mean different feelings of orgasm. Yeah, Sometimes orgasms can feel like being thrown in a pool and sinking to the bottom and you're just in covered with this cool, calm, just the world is empty for a couple of seconds and you mm. come back and go, what was that? That yeah. wasn't like the high peak of flying up in the air that we're used to. Yeah, it can be this very mellowed out, chilled experience, mm. and trying to shoot for that peak orgasm. And forgetting the pleasure along the way, you can miss a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. I love that.
1: And often I hear people say, "I don't think I've ever had an orgasm. I don't. I, I don't know what is it. Like I don't. I don't think I've ever had one." when we start to understand the full spectrum chances are they often have they've often had those really subtle mm. gentle beautiful experiences which are just as orgasmic mm-hmm. as a peaky climaxy intense kind of experiences
2: yeah. and orgasm isn't the mule all end of sex mm. some people never orgasm yeah i thought i was going to be one of those people for years and years mm-hmm. trying and trying and trying just got to get to this goal mm-hmm. just got to get over the finish line mm. And when I stopped trying to reach that goal, I reached it. (laughs) Yeah. When I stopped trying to orgasm is when pleasure was just allowed. Mm. So
1: by grasping at orgasm, Mm -hmm. how did that impact your experience? By going, I want to have that experience. I'm going to go for the finish line. How did that impact?
2: It made all of my sensation in self-pleasure and pleasure with others and sex in general, all about that high-intensity trying to cross the line. Mm -hmm. And I would get frustrated Mm -hmm. or sore Mm. and end up not having fun by the end because I would just be so angry at myself Mm. for not being able to do the thing that comes so easily to some other people.
3: Mm.
2: I would be sad. Sometimes I would just be so sore I couldn't keep going Mm -hmm. because I was trying too hard. I wasn't having fun. Yeah. And then when I started just going, ah, oh, screw it, I'll probably never orgasm. Let's just do things that feel good and I can stop when I'm done. Yeah. I had so much more fun mm-hmm. because I was able to find things that weren't this intense hyper-stimulation.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. That's beautiful. It sounds like it was really distracting and then mm-hmm. really depleting and then, yeah, it just it didn't happen yeah. until you actually completely let go of that agenda and then you you were just surprised yeah yeah honestly i was surprised yeah Yeah. there's so many myths hey around Mm -hmm. orgasm and how we should be able to achieve orgasm and typically vulva owning people are are told that we should be able to achieve orgasm through penetration Mm. and for a lot of people that's not how it works and then they walk away going what's wrong with me Mm. I can't do this, I'm not normal, I need to be fixed and all of this pathologizing. when in fact they're actually really healthy, normal bodies and, and a lot of people
2: have that experience. Yeah, I yeah. still have numbness with penetration uh-huh. and I'm okay with that because mm-hmm. I have this toolkit of lots of other things that feel good. Mm-hmm. I don't need penetration. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm sad that other people can have such an easy task at pleasure mm-hmm. but I shouldn't be sad, I should be happy for them. Yeah, well, there's a lot of other, there's a lot
1: of experiences to have. And a lot of sometimes it's just even where the configuration of genitals, whether it's possible for people to achieve orgasm with penetration. Mm. And for a lot of over owning people, Like clitorises aren't down close enough to vaginal openings and the stimulation isn't the same. So Mm -hmm. just pure configuration
2: can really make a difference. That's right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the penetration isn't what feels good. It's the Mm -hmm. rubbing on the external parts during penetration that feels good. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't really know because I guess they don't know their bodies. Yeah. And it's back to
1: that stuff, hey, around imagine how life, would be different or could have been different if we could have these conversations respectfully openly honestly actually having some of this information Mm. can really change people's experiences and invite them to step out of this idea that something's wrong with me Mm. or I'm not okay and they actually have a bit of a toolkit to explore their own body yeah so, in terms of toolkits, like self pleasure or a practice space to explore um, anatomy, genitals on your own is a pretty important Very. opportunity, really. Yeah. In this journey of healing around sexual
2: violence, would mm-hmm. you say? Yes, I have my own toolkit. Uh-huh. It sits in a nice little box beside my bed. Uh huh. And it's filled with things that bring pleasure. Not all the time. Yeah. But sometimes something will be. That's what I want right now. Uh Uh-huh. It's we can't provide all sensations with just our own bodies or another person's body. Mm -hmm. And sometimes our bodies don't respond to that. If you have numbness, sometimes changing it up can be a really good way to work through that. Uh Uh-huh. Do you feel okay to share what sort of things are in your toolkit? Of course. Uh Uh-huh. So I started with some vibes Mm -hmm. because vibrations can be a really easy way to achieve sensation in a new way without being hands-on so mm-hmm. to speak could be a good way to overcome that shame of self-pleasure mm-hmm. and as I walked along and through Embrace I learned that lots of other sensations can be good as well mm-hmm. um, sometimes just an ice cube and mm-hmm. feeling that cold on your skin
3: mm-hmm. can
2: be really really nice in that space of consensual pleasure things like a little feather duster, nice and soft. It's a really good way perhaps to explore that really light touch to help discover sensation again. Or maybe in areas where any touch is painful, just the light brushing of something really soft Mm. is really safe. Um, I've also got a heat pack in there. Mm -hmm. Again, kind of the opposite of an ice cube. You can have something warm little bit like a hug Mm. you can just put that on your chest doesn't even have to be put on your genitals it can just be something warm sitting there on you kind of filling you with this love and this
3: compassion
2: while you're engaged in self-pleasure just things like that bring up the sensations you can get lubricants that have like a tingling oil in them that makes your skin kind of tingle like minty Mm -hmm. and that can be good for some people it's not my thing but I know I saw an embrace. It certainly seemed to excite other people just <laughs> rubbing it on their hand and going, ooh, that, 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 that feels funny. Uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> that was fun, wasn't it? it we sure had was. a whole lot of different oils and lubricants and toys that people could just
2: have a look at yeah explore i think the highlight of that night was watching someone plug in the hitachi wand into the wall <laughs> for the first time yeah and going my arm is vibrating up to the shoulder yeah yeah and i was like that's cool but also watching their glee as they went wow i've never seen this before yeah i can't imagine what this would be like on different parts of my body yeah. And I could see some of them were definitely planning on buying one that afternoon. Yeah, yeah. I can, it was such a playful
1: set. So I can remember ditching the next activity because people were so engrossed yeah. and they just wanted to look at the toys and explore and play and, yeah, get really curious. That's right. So this sounds like there's something really useful about variety. Yes. About um, exploring and maybe different senses as well, Mm. as well as different sensations. And, yeah, variety is Mm. a useful thing when
2: we're starting to or always when we're connecting with our bodies. That's right. When I first started getting into self-pleasure, I bought a lot of different sex toys, Mm -hmm. different types. Mm Mm-hmm. different things and I just wanted to feel what all the sensations were like yeah it just I discovered a lot about what did and didn't feel good Mm -hmm. and engaging the senses trying things out was just a really playful way to find what I did really like and now I have a pretty good idea yeah and there's heaps of stuff around the
1: house, like I love how you said, an ice cube uh-huh. or a feather or gentle, soft, things like looking around your own house and also creating um, different sensations for yourself, like different types of touch can mm. create really different sensations. And so, yeah, and, and taking the time just to practice and give your body time to feel yeah, and notice. I also... Um, here, people talk about the emotions that can often come up when we begin to or ongoingly connect with pleasure yeah and they can be some pretty full-on emotions like
2: shame or guilt or embarrassment or awkwardness or even triggers as well yeah in in that space is so associated with violence that we can't handle anything even the concept of it
1: yeah yeah so really important to normalize that, that yes. that's a really normal part and to go really slowly and gently and lovingly
2: to ourselves in this in this space yeah really important with self-pleasure you you are giving consent to yourself and yeah. you can stop at any time and you can keep yourself safe and you have all those tools within you mm.
1: Yeah. choice giving ourselves a choice and respecting wherever we're at, not Mm -hmm. getting into this idea of comparing ourselves with other people or judging ourselves or aiming to be perfect. Mm. There's a real practice in being able to honour wherever we're at. That's right. Yeah. It's our own journey, really important. So, Dave, what might you say to someone who, maybe he's listening to this, going, okay, that, that could be really useful. Like I could create a practice space to begin to mm-hmm. explore. What
2: would you say would be a good starting point? I think creating a zone, even if it's just a pillow on the floor or a blanket on the floor,
3: mm-hmm.
2: a zone for pleasure of every kind and you just have that in a corner or you have it so that you can bring it out and create the space when you need Mm -hmm. And maybe that space is full of pillows and cushions and soft things. Maybe that space is incense and music and rain. Mm -hmm. Maybe that space is your favourite chocolate and tea. Mm
3: -hmm. And
2: just get in the habit of creating this space and having pleasurable experiences there, even if they're not sexual to start with. Having a zone where we know we can feel safe and secure and with the intention of then exploring sexual pleasure in the future Mm -hmm. is a really good way to build that safety zone we can always come back to Mm. if the sexual pleasure becomes a bit too much or uncomfortable. Mm. We know we're safe.
1: So there's a couple of things in there I think you're offering. It's it's so creating a safe space where we feel comfortable and it's got things that help us connect with Mm. pleasure. And then there sounds like a piece in itself around just connecting with pleasure in its own right yeah. in, in everyday life like what is our relationship to pleasure do we have one like what does that look like in terms of everyday life
2: even outside of our sexual experiences and our i think we're often ashamed to have fun and have good experiences this is mm. this phrase of guilty pleasure why well, feel guilty if you're having fun it's this pleasure of just being creative a lot of children are really creative and they have fun without asking why they should be having fun. They play, they dance, they explore, they look for things that interest them. Mm.
1: And feeling safe enough to have pleasure because I think that's a thing too when we're um, hypervigilant or we're in a survival Mm. kind of mode, we're in a protective kind of state rather than being able to be Uh, present to the possibility of of pleasure yeah so there could be a big picture around what's our relationship with pleasure what like and gently working towards that um
2: in everyday spaces Mm. is 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 really important hey it can be really hard Mm. if we're not used to pleasure Mm. it can feel uncomfortable and scary yeah there's always this doubt in the back of our mind of what if this is taken away from me Mm -hmm. Why try it if I might lose it? Mm. Mm. And it's worth trying for. Yeah. Yeah. And I think
1: for a lot of survivors who also I I have to unpack this whole idea that they felt pleasure Mm. or they felt orgasm as part of their experience of violence. Yes. And that can be a really tricky
2: piece for people to get their head around absolutely our bodies are wired for pleasure
3: mm-hmm.
2: our bodies are gonna feel because our bodies were made to feel mm-hmm. and pleasure is not just physical it's mental as well it's mm. psychological mm. if we're not fully consenting and engaging and desiring something pleasurable even if the body and the nerves light up in response to it it's mm. not true pleasure yeah it can be violence
1: yeah yeah, and the whole idea that our, sometimes people feel like their body has betrayed them. Their right. body felt pleasure in this abusive experience and their body orgasmed and really important to, I, I guess, for me to, to really um, let people know that your body isn't doing it. Just like you said, Day, your body is wired to feel pleasure. Yes. And it's just responding to. To stimulation it's responding to sensation it hasn't betrayed you mm. perpetrators betrayed you not your own body and that's a really important piece i think in building relationship back with pleasure yes and sex yeah yeah so some really useful places to begin if um people are curious and um what's a great information in this conversation yeah, is there anything else you want to add that you feel like really important as people are listening or beginning to to con contemplate? Um, well, we had a
2: lot of good books at Embrace. You laid them out on a big mm-hmm. table for us to yeah. kind of pique our interest. Yeah, uh, I think one of the ones that kind of stuck out to me was "Come as You Are." Yeah, by uh, Emily. Nigelsky. Emily Nagowski. Yeah, yeah, that's such a
1: cool book. I love uh-huh. that book and, yeah, lots of great evidence-based stuff and she talks a lot about um, the spectrum of healthy and normal and depathologizing. Mm. yeah. Yeah, that's- and
2: another one that was really powerful for me was the Labia Library.
1: Oh, yeah. It had
2: a big book and it was just filled with pictures of labia and Johnny's just front on. Yeah, and it was really confronting to look at. Just open it up. Oh, that's a yoni. Yeah, that's twenty yonis. Yeah, but actually looking through it and going, wow, there's so much variation, mm-hmm. and it's all so beautiful. Yeah, and going, yeah, you know what? I don't feel so bad about my body because I know that it's normal. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's. Yeah, because most of us don't get to see a whole lot of labias, don't lot of, see a whole lot of vulvas, and we and we get a lot of these messages around what's normal yes. and what's beautiful. Mm. So when you actually see photos of the spectrum of normal and beautiful,
2: yeah, I think that's a really valuable piece. Mm. And it can be confronting to look at. Uh-huh. But there's so much to gain of just understanding that it's okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's great to um, access some really um, useful resources. Yeah, and we can put some in the show notes too, if people mm-hmm. are keen to have a look and resource themselves. It's great being talking talking to you today. It's yes, such a it juicy, useful conversation, rich with um, lots of uh, your own learning. Thank you so much for your You're courage. To- There's so much to learn. Uh huh. Yeah, it's endless, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know that there's a destination in this place. It can be a long, lifelong journey of exploring and, yeah, discovering our own bodies. So, so thankful to you for your courage to show
2: up and share. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me to grow and learn and discover. Mm, awesome. Thanks, Jay. Thank you, Susan.
0: Thank you for listening to the Brisk podcast series, Embrace. This was the last conversational component of this series. If you enjoyed this episode, please move on to the practice for episode six titled Self Exploration. We hope you've enjoyed this series. If you are located in Australia and are looking for sexual violence support, you can contact 1800 RESPECT on 1800 737 732 or Blue Knot on 1300 657 380. You can find Brisk's contact details in the show notes or online.